Buenos días. Good morning. Is it so good to be here? Thank you for the invitation. My name is Samuel Borushko, and my wife's name is Dr. Graciela Borushko. We are new at IYU. I'm in the music department, and Dr. Graciela Borushko is in the department of modern language and literature. She has something to say to you. <laughs> Okay, good morning. This is a special uh, week. Uh, we are starting the National Hispanic Heritage Month celebration. So we want to celebrate all together. I am going to mention different groups, and if that represents your situation, please stand up. So we're going to do that celebration. If you are faculty, if you are staff, or if you're a student. First, all of the, you that were born in a Hispanic country or you are born in a Hispanic family, please stand up. Yeah, very good. Okay. Now, also, if you adopted or stay, stay standing because you are going to be joined by other people, if you adopter of or sponsored a Hispanic child, please stand up. If you have a member of your family that is a Hispanic ascendant, please stand up. If you study Spanish and love it, stand up. <laughs> okay. Even if you are studying now or you studied in the past. Uh, if you lived or are actually living in a Spanish country, Please stand up. If you went on a mission field to a Hispanic country, please stand up. If you support a local church in a Hispanic ministry, please stand up. If you hosted a Hispanic student or if you have a Hispanic student roommate, stand up. <laughs> if you pray regularly for the Hispanic world, please stand up. If you serve the Hispanic community in any capacity, stand up. Let's celebrate all together today. Thank you. Thank you. You may sit down. Well, Although my parents were Russian and Ukrainian, I was born in Argentina. I was born in Argentina. My parents were missionaries, especially in Venezuela. My parents were missionaries in Uruguay, Brazil, Peru, and other South American countries. When <laughs> My parents, they met in the seminary, Russian seminary in Buenos Aires. You know, the Russian people were fleeing the Second War, so they came, and some countries like Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay, they opened the doors to this immigration. And with time, 
God blessed the Russian community, and they had an opportunity to have a radio station in Ecuador. And they started to transmit services, sermons, meditations. And some people from Venezuela, they said, we have a congregation here. We need a pastor in Russian. So my mom and my dad, they decided that God was calling them to go there. So they went there. When they got there, I got very sick. Can you imagine a boy of three months old <laughs> in a new country? And like in six months, one missionary from Ecuador went to Venezuela to check how the situation was going, and I was still very sick. So he laid hands on me and he said, Lord, we present this boy to you. We want this boy to serve you. Please heal him. And with time, all that disappeared. And I started very young to learn music with my parents. The basic elements to play mandolin. And one day, you know, the Russian community, the kids, they didn't want to speak um, Russian all the time. They want to be in the Hispanic community, it's, it's like here in the United States, Hispanic come here, but the kids, they want to speak English, of course. <laughs> so the same thing happened. My dad had to, uh, to preach in English and Spanish, in English and, and excuse me, in, in Russian and Spanish, in Russian and Spanish. We had a visitor from Mexico, a great preacher, when I was five years old, and he was telling, if you want to be with Jesus, and he explained why Jesus is so wonderful, you need to accept him in your heart. And at the end of the message, he invited everybody who wanted to accept Jesus Christ. I was five years old, I cannot believe that, but I wanted to, to be with Jesus. So I went in front. My dad was looking at me saying, wow, what's going on? Five years old. It's too, too young. But I said, yes, Dad, I want to accept Jesus Christ. And he said, good, but uh, we are going to delay a little bit like your baptism. <laughs> and when I was nine years old, I said, Dad, it's been a while. I need to be baptized. Are you sure of this? So I got baptized. And when I was 15 years old, my dad was conducting the choir at the church and everything. I said, Dad, I also want to conduct the choir. He said, are you ready? I said, yes, I am ready. <laughs> Probably I was not ready. <laughs> but he gave me the opportunity. So I never forget when we have the opportunity to serve Christ, in any way, we need to give that opportunity to others. So I started to conduct the choir, and there was a moment that when my dad said, okay, now you conduct, I just preach. Okay, this is your ministry, and you stay there. I became a musician, I joined the National Youth Orchestra, and with the Sistema in Venezuela, we traveled for 
more than 20 countries. And I was serving the Lord. Then the Lord moved me to Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, I met Graciela. We got married, and we both are serving the Lord. And we have this beautiful opportunity to keep serving the Lord here at this beautiful community at Indiana Wesleyan University. Well, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony. Um, my parents were missionaries, so I ended up doing at church everything that nobody wanted to do. So if there is a vacancy, that was Graciela. And I was not very happy about it because I knew I was called because of lack of interest, not for any other qualifications. So uh, when I was 16 years old, I finished high school. And nobody wanted me. And at that time, they say, grow up for a couple of years and you come to the university. I wanted to be an astronomer. So um, the, I had, uh, after I graduated, my father again volunteered me to take care of a class of uh, kinder students. And they let me know on Saturday that on Sunday morning I was in charge. So I, I'm 16 years old, I have no idea. So I got to the class and it was a big room in a very poor area in Lima, Peru. Students were running around all, all the place. So all that I do is I stood in the middle of the room and I look around. Beside me there was an, a little girl, but she was around nine. And I thought, I can get rid of this one. This is not within my age in, in the class. So I said, honey, this is not your class. You need to move. And she told me that she was my assistant. And I really got upset. And I said, my goodness, I'm in charge of 50 kids here. And this is my assistant. OK. So I look around, and I, and I just look at them. And then I saw that their faces were dirty, and they came from very difficult backgrounds. So I said, okay, welcome to the house of the Lord. We're going to go to the restroom, and we're going to, we're going to wash our faces and your hands. So we're going to come and worship. So I went to the restroom. There was a big line, and I started, you know, it took a while, you know, to wash the hands and the faces of all of them. By the time we got to the class, it was a very short story, you know, and the people of Israel came to the river, they couldn't cross, God opened the river, they crossed, the Egyptian came and they couldn't. So that was a little bit my story for that morning. So I left and I really didn't feel very good about myself or what, what I was doing. So that went on for about three Sundays until I saw a student that came to the class, and this little boy had her face clean and her hands clean. And he had her, his hair combed, Pedro. And when I saw him, I saw the power of God. And I saw how God can change a life. And then I knew that the Lord was calling me to education, but it all starts with looking at each other. That's why I ask you to raise up and celebrate the Hispanic world, because in many ways, you look at that group of people at one point in time, 
and you can't imagine what God can do. My attitude was the worst. I really was not happy with what I was doing. But when God touched my heart, I have this student. So when I saw this student, I said, you're my helper today. Great, we have two lines in the restrooms. It went faster. So I had a longer story. Little by little, there were more students that would come and you had to imagine the love in their face when they cleaned the faces of their other classmates. And it was so wonderful what God did first with me and then with them. I was not a teacher, I was a student. And uh, that is what we want to share with you today. When God asked in the Garden of Eden, where is your brother? It was actually asking us, look, who is around you? Maybe it doesn't belong to the Hispanic group, but it doesn't matter. Is your brother, is your sister. And if we practice that on an everyday basis, God can do miracles. Thank you. <laughs> well, sometimes we think the Hispanic community in the world is the same. Same food, same music, but it's so different, so different. If you go to Mexico, it's one food that, by the way, I knew about the Mexican food here in the States. <laughs> food from Mexico is different from Venezuela, and it's much more different from Argentina and from Peru. So there's a variety. People are from different parts of the world, Russian people, German people, from many places. And maybe God used the Second War, in other words, for people to go to South America and live and create a new society. There's also variety in music sometimes. We think that mariachi music is the only one. No, 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 no. <laughs> we have different, different music. And there is a love for Christian music. There was a time when we were singing hymns. And some people consider hymns inspired by God. Anything else was sin. But also we had our worship wars and with the advent of internet, the people got in contact with beautiful music. They started to listen to Hillsong and other great companies and singers, Paul Valoche. And uh, we have that conflict that is still going on today, I guess also in the United States, but brings us variety. I think God loves variety. People love classical music in South America. People love music with drums that came from Africa years ago, but they also like a lot rock, pop, and jazz. And every country has his own speciality. I forgot to mention that my mom was praying for me to be a musician. He didn't, he, she didn't tell me that 
When I was 30, already a musician, she told me, you know, I was praying for you or that. Well, thank you. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Here we are. But in any way, we are serving the Lord. Today, uh, we wanted to complete this starting of the Hispanic Heritage Month, playing for you a worship song. This worship song, based on Psalm 145, was written more than 20, probably 25 years ago. That was the moment when the youth started to go to the Bible, found a psalm. Oh, Psalm 145. They took a guitar and they started to compose. So the songs, they didn't have a, a chorus, a verse. There was one form, but they followed that. They created a new style. And this song, Psalm 145, called Te Exaltare Mi Dios Mi Rey, which we call it, I Will Exalt My God, My King, in English. We, several years ago, in Los Angeles, we did a bilingual service, and we sang it in Spanish and in English. Today, I invited Dr. Michael to accompany me in this song. It's a version for viola and piano. Sorry, I put you in trouble, Dr. Miguel. I hope you enjoyed it, and you take a glance what is the Hispanic culture that it needs a lot of prayer, a lot of ministry, like everybody else and everywhere else in the world. Thank you. Gracias. <laughs> 